0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
0: Cheers and welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic post game show, it's a Chiefs victory celebration. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. One of the best defensive performances I have ever seen a Kansas City Chiefs team play, and, and that is—and that is saying something. Welcome everybody out there. Uh, we punched you in the chat already. Hit that thumbs up button over on YouTube. Let's uh, let's go one for one. We got fifty-two watching right now. Let's go. Let's go. Fourteen thumbs up. Verduram. Huge, huge Chiefs victory. We're going to get into it all, but just initial reactions. Not perfect, but pretty damn good. How are you feeling?
1: If the offense can play a little better, I don't think they'll lose another game all year. And I mean that like through February. Because the defense has gotten itself to a point where there's there's nobody, nobody that is outplaying them right now on the defensive side of the ball, which is impossible to believe. After the first month of the year, it looks like they could have taken the two of us and nine people out of the chat and, yep. and probably played a better game. This has been – a miraculous turnaround by a defense. So, look, let's say say what it is. I mean, changed a lot of the personnel, and that's been the difference. Um, If they play like that defensively, who's beating them? I mean, the the, the offense did everything it could have possibly done to lose that game over the last two-and-a-half quarters, and it didn't matter. And you know what? The offense at the end of the game, when they had to have it, essentially finished off the game. Drove it down, took a bunch of time. So, listen, in the end, drops, penalties, yes. But I didn't feel like this was an offensive performance like the Packers or Giants where it was just disjointed and weird. Th- that wasn't the problem today. They had 400 yards. Their problem was just self-inflicted. In the end, a great, great win. A great win.
0: Yeah, terrific, terrific win for the Chiefs. I went, I don't, uh, let us know what you're drinking out there. In honor of our co-host, Sterling Holmes, who's not with us, he's on vacation. I poured myself a little bourbon. Also, funny point here, the Chiefs have not lost since I stone cold a couple beers on my head after that after that victory. So that bet may have been the turning point in the season. Going to take a little bit of credit, going to give a little credit to Sterling Holmes. I agree with you, Vertoram the offense little disjointed could have done some things better. I've got some issues with the play calling. We're going to get into all of that, but in the end they did what they needed to do and they were not playing a slouch of a defense. They were not playing a slouch of an offense. This is far and away, far and away the most impressive victory for the chiefs this season. And make no mistake, this Dallas Cowboys football team is good. And if the Kansas city chiefs played this Dallas Cowboys football team six weeks ago, they would have gotten curb stomped. So the progress that we've seen from this team and what that means for their march through the rest of the AFC and into the potential playoffs is huge. It's monumental. This isn't just a team now that can only beat the bad teams and gets, gets killed by the good teams. This is a team that went out there, took on one of the best football teams in the NFL, and, I mean, kind of embarrassed them, to be perfectly honest with you. The defense was absolutely sensational.
1: By the way, I, I agree everything. I see that there's been a lot of comments in the chat about the stream. We're not having any connection issues, as far as I can tell. Now, maybe it's a YouTube issue, um, but I'm looking at our connections. I like, believe me. I have it up at this point all the time, and uh, it says 10 of 10. So I don't know. Um, I don't know quite why, um, but hopefully, hopefully it's okay. If not, we'll we'll have to we'll have to refire it. Um, look, the defense is the key to them going forward. It is. Like, I know offensively when this team is right, it will be fine. I don't worry about their offense. We saw that last week. We saw everything going. Um, I, I'm not worried about that. I, I think the defense, they're the key. If, if they're playing anywhere near the level they've been playing at the last three, four, five weeks, I mean, who's going to beat them? Who's yeah. going to beat them? I, I, really, like, I really feel it. They come out of the, they the bye next week. Then they come out, they play Denver at home, they play the Raiders at home. And yet, here we are. You know, they're 7-4. and four. They're going to be heavy favorites in both those games. The Raiders have completely fallen apart. Um, it's, uh, it's impressive. It is imp- the nine points to the Cowboys, I get, I get Cooper was out of the game. They could do nothing. Nothing. In that, Kansas City couldn't have been more dominant. It was a wonderful, wonderful job.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right,
0: well, let's get into uh, a little bit of the game here. And let's start, of course, with uh, the defense. I mean, that's where we've got to start, right? This was, again, one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen from a Chiefs football team. What was, I think, especially impressive about the defense was that they went wire to wire with their level of intensity and their their sharpness, their attention to detail. I mean... I I tweeted this out. It was really fitting that it ended on a luxurious neat interception um, because, you know, it really like they didn't they didn't deserve to give up a touchdown the way they played. And it was nice for them to finish what they started. They set the tone for this game and were just absolutely dominant. Um, I just haven't seen them play. I've seen flashes of them playing with juice like this getting after yep. the quarter. And like we, we've talked about it, you can see the difference from when it looks like they're running a quicksand a little bit to when they're really getting after it effort on every play. And I don't know what they did or what Steve Spagnuolo told them coming into this game, but they, they had a fire lit under their asses. They looked like they were ready to prove a point in this game and they never let up.
1: I think it's a combination of you know, early in the year they played, obviously everyone in the chat who follows the Chiefs so closely knows they, they played a lot of different type of defense. I mean, Jones was outside, Clark was playing banged up. And, guys, I see the questions on Fenn. I do not know. I do not know. We'll pass it on the second I see it. Um, Hopefully he's okay. He's a big part of that defensive revival. To me, the biggest difference, Jones kicks back. By the way, Chris Jones today. Oh, my God. Three and a half sacks. He gets to the tip ball on on the pick to seal it. Unbelievable. But it's everything, right? It's Jones going back inside. Clark getting healthy. Ingram has come in and played very, very well. And, by the way, Jerron Reed all of a sudden, like, Looks good. And why? Well, because, because he's next to Chris Jones, and nobody can do anything but double Chris Jones. You have these constant one on ones. Um, it, it's, it's a huge, huge, huge difference. But also, Gay has been a game changer with his speed. What was it? There was one play in the second half, either early, I think it was early fourth, third and two, and they swung it out. Any other linebacker on the team, there's no way they get to him. And instead, there's no yards gained, and the Cowboys yeah. have to punt. Yeah. On the back end, Matthew, who everybody – you know, we were all worried, hey, is he going to play? What's happening? He ends up on the injury report this morning. Nobody saw that coming. He looked great. He looked like him. I mean, he was making plays. He was physical. It's all going together. It's all going together. And what you're seeing now is a pass rush that's getting home. They didn't even have to blitz that much today and they got home. The linebackers are covering in space. They're moving. They're running. Bolton made a couple of really nice plays again in the run game. The corners, because they're better – they're playing more man.
0: Yeah.
1: Like all of a sudden, everything is changing because, you know, one little alteration and that leads to a snowball effect. If they continue to play defense like this, the AFC should light a candle
2: yeah.
1: because nobody is beating that team. Nobody. I mean, the Chiefs didn't even play well offensively against one of the best teams in football and won by 10. Yeah. Like that's where we are right now with the way the defense is playing.
0: And I really think it's just the changes that the chiefs have made throughout the course of the season. Um, and I tweeted about this as well, obviously getting Willie gay out there more and him being healthy, that speed. You're absolutely right. That's all I could think about on that was on that play that there wasn't another linebacker on the team. Maybe Dorian O'Daniel would have had a shot at making that tackle before he got the first down. That's it. He flew over there. He makes this play. play. Yeah. yeah. Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton early in the season flashed, Remember, we would talk about him. We'd be like, man, he's everywhere, but he can't cover. Sometimes he's out of position. And it's like, you know, we've got such high expectations for this team. Dude's a rookie. He's, he's a rookie. He's going on a, on a championship-caliber team. And now you're looking at this guy and you're like, oh, my God, what a pick. What a pick by Brett Veach. I mean, their run defense has completely changed because of him. It really started in that game against Tennessee, even though they got killed and it was overlooked. They did a really good job against Derrick Henry. And and now in this game, going up against Ezekiel yes. Elliott, I know he was a little banged up, but they were all over the Cowboys. The, the, by the, the way – Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, so I was going to say, you know, everybody – and I don't want to about this chat. Just in general, you read the discourse on Twitter. Everybody's killing Brett Beach a month ago. That he can't draft, he can't draft. Well, I'd I point to their defense and say, I think he's done a pretty damn good job draft. I mean, look at all these guys for the last three years who are all in rookie contracts. I mean, guys, and, and Ward I even include in there. I know he's another draft they, they, they traded for. Look at, you've got Ward, you've got Fenton, you've got Thornhill, you've Sneed, you've Bolton, you've Gay. I mean, that is, there's a lot. But that is a truckload of huge difference makers, okay? They are a much, much faster defense than they were five, six weeks ago. That was our biggest complaint was they can't run, they can't move, they're slow to everything, they're blowing coverage. All of a sudden, mentally they got it right. But now now you're seeing all these units work in tandem, and they're flying to the ball. I thought that was the biggest difference today. They were very good against the Raiders as well, but today it almost felt like it was just any time a ball went into the flat, there wasn't one chief there. There were two and three chiefs there. Uh, they, They have been dominant because of their speed and because, let's call it what it is too, and I'll be the first one to say it, I killed Frank Clark for weeks on end at the beginning of the year. Frank Clark is playing at 10 times the level he was to start the year. He's up the field. He's aggressive. He's blowing up runs. He's getting pressure. He got a sack today. All this stuff, all this stuff has ended with them holding the league's leading offense to nine points. And in a game where Dallas got multiple short fields, a missed field goal, two turnovers, didn't matter.
0: Yeah, you know, I think what really just – for me, the play that I think of when I think of this game was, uh, I think it was Snead on the, it was a little screen pass early in the game. And I think, was it CD Lamb or Galp was up in the air to get it? Just it's Sneed. He was Sneed and he just, he caught him in the air and slammed him down. And I was like, Oh man. They are coming downhill. This was a unit that was playing with confidence that we have not seen them play, you know, they would be tentative before they'd run up on that play and they would break down. And instead of just running through and tackling the guy and not letting them get an inch. And it was like, from the, from the word go, they had the Cowboys on the ropes. The Cowboys were like a staggered boxer. They they were doing the chicken dance. They couldn't get right. and 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 the chiefs just kept throwing haymakers at them on defense it was absolutely incredible, and can I just say, Charvarius Ward? My God, what a pickup for the Chiefs! That guy goes out there and competes. I think he's better than ever this year, coming back from this injury. He's been fantastic. He's all over his guys. I love the. I, I just I love how aggressive they are in the secondary. How they're not afraid to get a little handsy. That like you're going to earn. You might get a big play here and there but the way this team is playing you're going to earn every single inch of of green that you get on that field and that is it has got to be terrifying for teams like the bills and the titans who are struggling right now and they're looking at like yeah. oh crap Kansas City's getting their shit together
1: so multiple by the way and I'm I'm looking down cuz I'm reading my twitter multiple reports say Rashad Fenton hurt his knee he quote landed on his knee and quote will have an MRI tomorrow ah crap so You know, I mean, he got his leg caught a little bit. Hopefully, listen, if you're you're the Chiefs, um, you're just hoping it's not season-ending. You know, it sucks, but if he's out a month, first of all, you got the bye week coming up, right? So that that takes out one week of this deal. You've got to hope that he is able to come back. You know, listen, if it's a sprained knee... Depends. I mean, I don't want to play doctor here, but severity obviously really matters. It could be a couple of weeks, could be a month. But if you're the Chiefs, man, even if you're just getting back for the playoffs, like that's a huge deal because they're not playing great offenses coming out. They've got Denver, Raiders at home. The Raiders, by the way, are just in, in the tank. Um, you've you've got after that the Chargers were very challenging, but then the Steelers who have no offense. So I think if, if you're the, if you're the Chiefs, you're really hoping uh that it's it's you know maybe a bone bruise or a sprain or a hyperextension and it's not a torn ligament because that would be that'd be a big loss he he has been great so you got to really hope you got to really hope he, he can come back and, and be okay because he has been so good um but hey listen it, and injuries happen in football they've been very healthy all year long so if he's gone they have to pick it up. The rest of that defense has still been much, much better. I don't think all of a sudden they'll just revert, but it would obviously be a loss.
0: Yeah, you never want to hear a guy is going to get a an MRI. Um, not necessarily a good sign, but hey, let's knock on wood. We don't know. I, I would reckon, keep keep your eye on on Verterim's Twitter feed. Keep your eye on Arrowhead Addict. I would reckon that if it is serious, it'll come out before he gets that MRI, what they're thinking. Um, but you never know. But just keep an eye on Twitter. Uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about that, I think we'll probably hear something a little more concrete. Um, so, I just want to talk about some individual defensive players here. We've already touched on a few of them. Chris Jones. I mean, my God, what three sacks in this game? Three and a half. Three, absolute animal. And what what was really impressive, I thought too, was you know, early in the season they were they weren't getting any any push, they weren't getting any pressures and it kind of always felt like they they didn't do their initial move and if they didn't get home they were just kind of like all right somebody else will, you know somebody else will do it somebody else will get there and they nobody else was doing it and tonight the, the, very often their initial move didn't work and they kept working everybody kept working and i think there were a lot of times where Dak tried to step up in the pocket and got surprised because it just collapsed on i mean multiple times it, it was it, they did it, like uh, you know, maybe Spagnuolo listens to the show. They did everything we said that they needed to do to to win this game, but boy, did they surpass my expectations on a play-to-play basis.
1: No doubt, no doubt. And and I see, you know, a couple of Cowboys fans who have joined us. And you know, hey, we're missing guys. That's true. It's the NFL. You you miss guys sometimes. It happens and stuff. Like you you might notice that occasionally guys miss games. And yeah, the Chiefs this year they've been really healthy. The Chiefs are the one Super Bowl. They're missing guys all year, all damn year. They were missing guys last year. Chiefs had half an offensive line all season long. That's part of football. And I got to tell you, the way the Cowboys played an offense in this game, they could have had God at receiver and they wouldn't have won.
0: Yeah.
1: They couldn't do anything. They couldn't block. They couldn't get open. You, every once in a while, they got open. They dropped the ball. Uh, but that being said, listen, listen. Dallas is a really good football team. Going to really win that good. division. they going to be fine. Like Dallas, going to be fine. This is let's let's be let's keep it real. For the Cowboys, that was the hardest game on their schedule. And they lost. So what? What do they care? They're seven and three. They're they're fine. Dallas is gonna win, you know, 13, 12, 13 games. They'll be okay. Meanwhile, for Kansas City, this was a much more important game. And we're gonna get more into the AFC, but let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. The AFC broken away this afternoon for Kansas City. They, really made this win even more important with some of the results we saw. Uh, and we have another one to come tonight here. The Steelers and in charge with one of them's to lose. So huge, huge result on multiple fronts for the Chiefs.
0: And a hat tip to Robert for the Super Chat. Good evening, fine gents. Today officially is the day for the Kansas City Chiefs to be called America's team. They made our country proud today. I got to say, you know, if I could just say something as a fan here, not as an analyst, but as a Chiefs fan. There's probably nothing more annoying and obnoxious to every other NFL fan in the entire world when they have to hear this America's team crap about the Cowboys. Um, and so, yeah, it just adds a little extra juice for you when you when you when they come into Arrowhead and you beat them. And uh, you know, especially considering all the Super Bowls that that team has won and all the success that they've had. Um, good, good, good for you, Robert. Yeah, America's team is definitely in Kansas City right now. Um, yeah, I just absolutely. Incredible performance. I want to give away an award for 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 the defense. Um, It's one I don't believe I've been able to give away before, and I'm really excited about that. Um, But uh, uh, this one goes to – actually, I'll do the award first. The award is the Derek Thomas Award for Quarterback Terrorization, and that goes to Chris Jones. Um, Just absolutely incredible performance all over Dak Prescott. Um, and just making impact plays all over the field. Special. It was special.
1: Yeah. All day. And I, I hate that term, but I really think it fits here. Like, yeah. by the way, Jaden, I see you, man. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Sheba Dog shaking his body from left to right, surrounded by red hearts. Um, <laughs> listen, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a special, special performance by a guy who had two stacks in week one, and then it felt like, out of position, didn't quite know how to attack. It was, it was kind of awkward. He went against – and by the way, this, this is for some of the other, you know, the Cowboys fans, so I get it. And I say this out of respect. Zach Martin is, in my opinion, the best guard in football. He yep. is unbelievable. Okay, he's a Hall of Fame. Chris Jones at times, like, took it to Zach Martin in a way you just don't ever see happen to Zach Martin. I mean, I think it was Doug Farrar, I want to give right credit, he tweeted out, that was the first Zach Martin's given up since week one of 2020. Whoa. I mean <laughs> – That's how good Zach Martin is, okay? And by the way, let's give kudos here while we're having it. Micah Parsons, holy hell. I mean, he was everywhere in that game. He had three sacks. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he he caused a fumble. He got pressure throughout. It was was a game between two really good teams. And, yes, Kansas City more healthy than Dallas. But the story of that game to me was not injuries. It really wasn't. It was more that Kansas City's defense has come into its own – in a way that now is allowing this offense, not the press, not the force. They scored 19 points. They were never in danger of losing the game. Dallas never had a possession in the second half where they were down by just one possession. Like, yeah. if you play like that with this defense, you're going to win just about every game you play. I, mean, I, I don't know how I, – I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's, it's reality. If they can play where they're giving up 14, 17 points – I get it. You're going to have the rare, rare day where the Chiefs don't score that many points, but let's just keep it real. They're going to score that many points 90% you know, of the time, 95% of the time. So, huge win. They moved to 7-4. and four. They continue to gain ground in the AFC. Did an incredible job.
0: Yeah, and when we talked about our keys to the game, uh, you know, one of your keys was the Chiefs needed to play well in the red zone. My, one of my keys was – the Chiefs needed to keep the Cowboys out of the red zone. Uh, well, guess what? They did both of those things. They were 0 for 2 yep. in the red zone. That was it. But just, I mean, listen to the tail of the tape here. You know, 64 plays for Dallas in this game, which is pretty standard. 276 total yards. 276. They averaged 4.3 yards per play. They only had 194 passing yards and 82 rushing yards. Absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know what else you can say. Three turnovers, um, j- just incredible, incredible, incredible job by the Chiefs. And the Chiefs won the time of possession by a minute. Um, there are some reasons for that, but let's 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 move on to the offense. Um, it wasn't all daisies and sunshine and rainbows. The offense did enough, but it sputtered a little bit at different times. Came out great drive early, doing a lot of the things that we uh, had been talking about that the Chiefs needed to do for the coverages that they've been seeing. Um, and then they yeah. kind of got away from it a little bit. It, uh, by the way, Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes back in this game, looked fantastic. And, and for those of you that think that, that were arguing with us on me, me, on Twitter last night, that Daryl Williams is better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think you saw in this game why Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, is, is the better, uh, is the better back. 12 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown coming off a serious knee injury just really gave this team a lift. And I honestly, I think he could have had well over 100 yards if the Chiefs had committed to the run.
1: Agreed. and This is where I, I said Cheeto freaks just fire up the F-bomb counter. The man's been around. <laughs> he knows what's coming. Uh, Super chat from Edric. Appreciate you, man. Uh, thankful for this channel, Chiefs Kingdom. Thank you. We appreciate all of you. Otherwise, this channel means nothing because there's nobody here. Three weeks ago, we thought 7-4 versus the run. We had us a pipe dream. Here we are, thing back, baby, fired up. Couldn't agree more. All right, so – The offense, early in the game, played really well, 16 points. Um, My message to Andy Reid after this game, Andy, run the fucking ball. Oh, my God. How many drives in a row do you have to have where it's just throw, 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 RPO, throw, RPO, pitch, throw? I mean, you're ripping off like seven yards a clip. Right. Just run it. Like I, I listen. I'm not one of these guys. I'm not asking them to go play 1970s football. I'm right. not asking that. But when you are mauling them, like the Chiefs were doing at the line of scrimmage early in that game, my God, run the football! Yeah, you're killing them. And it's it's like they just they they have no ability. Andy gets so impatient. And by the way, I thought Aikman and, and I, look, I know a lot of Chiefs fans a lot of issues with Trey Aikman. Fine, fair enough. One point I did make. I totally agree with. There was a play late in the game. They just run. It was actually on their final offensive drive, sit, take, take the kneel downs out of it. And Mahomes clearly audibled, and they ran the ball, and then he pointed at himself. Look, I love, I love Mahomes. You cannot throw the ball there. That was that throw to Pringle where it was like up and away, and he threw it out. You have to run the ball there. You have to, have to, have to, have to run the ball there. And I think sometimes they are so talented, they get cute with this stuff. And the other thing I have an issue with is son of a bitch. You're killing them on the edges early in the game. Get the ball to Hillman Hardman on yeah, the edges. Yeah, yeah, bring that them. back. Run a jet sweep. Run a little pop pass. You're killing them. They do not have the ability. Nobody does. It's not a knock on Dallas. Nobody's the ability to run with those two guys when they got a full head of steam going. Like, you have to take advantage of that. And so that to me, look, to be fair, I think the play calling started in the line because the penalties and drops killed them today. Killed them. The Kelsey, the, the interception, Kelsey's just got to catch that ball. Yeah. I mean, that ball couldn't have been better thrown. And that's first and 10 at the 25. And it gets popped up in the air and picked. And then Mahomes, thank God, he didn't get hurt. He tried to tackle him. Thankfully, yeah. you no, know, he got up and he's, oh, my God, they am gonna stroke when he dove at him. But you know what? <laughs> there are times you're like come on i mean this isn't hard you're running for six and a half yards of carry and edwards allaire listen we've all said our our piece about him he ran hard today he had a lot of juice he was popping the pads like give him the ball and that that is my biggest issue with them is sometimes you see it early and you're like hey they're moving they're moving they're moving and then and then like nope we're throwing a 25-yard pass downfield into double. Cup. Why? I just don't get it. I thought Mahomes was fine in this game, by the way. I really did. Like, yeah. I, the pick wasn't his fault. They dropped at least four or five passes. I really thought on the whole, Mahomes played a good game. I had no issue with the way Mahomes played. Their problem was, that, first of all, the penalties. And I will leave it at this. I don't get into the officiating. I don't. If you follow me, if you know me, if you've read my work over the years, I, I just think that's a loser's ballot. Okay. The officiating in that game. For both teams was horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah.
2: It was bad. How they
1: don't see Fenton get his helmet ripped off when the fucking guy is standing there looking at him. I mean, how are you an official? How do you not see that? And then on top of that, as the game goes on, and this went in favor of the Chiefs, I mean, Mike Hughes basically just runs into Dalton Schultz. Yeah.
2: yeah. No
1: call. It's not nothing, you know. I mean, that happened over and over and over and over and over. So both these teams. Had multiple gripes that I think were fair. In the end, I don't think either team like overly benefited from the refs. I thought it was kind of a wash, was just terrible on both sides. But my God, I mean, it really does feel like you've got Ray Charles out there officiating the game. Yeah, I mean, get somebody with eyesight who and you know. And you have these guys, like Tony Corrente, that Steelers Bears game. The guy's seventy. Like, shouldn't there be an age limit? <laughs> Shouldn't you be cut off at some point? You'd put that man in retirement with a pension?
2: Ah,
0: uh, we don't want to that be accused of so- ageism, Verderam. They're going to come for you. They're going to come for you. Oh, it's all. not ageism. Come on,
3: <laughs> you're, you're an NFL you be able sure. to run and
0: yeah. see. you have to be able to see. It's it's part of the. It's part of the. It's part of the job requirements. Um. Yeah, I agree. Look, I'm okay with. Like, I hate when they're ticky-tack on on pass interference stuff. So I, I was kind of okay with the way they called the game, although the Hughes ah. play, the huge play was terrible. Ah. Just in this, I, yeah, I
1: don't know how ticky tacky that was. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah that wasn't ticky tacky. right. Yes.
0: <laughs> I don't. Want, but like you know, I hate when they're just throwing flags on any any little contact. You know those types of things. Um, but yeah, like that play with Fenton and the face mask, and then they screw the Chiefs. And I was happy that they did this, but then they just they're like they look at the they look at the video board because they obviously didn't oh, yeah. see it. Anybody who saw that would have thrown the flag. So. They're not allowed to look at the video board, but they look at the video board and they're like, we should probably throw a a flag for face mask when you see the ref standing there and it's happening right in front of them. (laughs) And then if you're the Cowboys or you're a Cowboys fan, you're like, what the hell? Like, you just like you just decide when or when you don't have to enforce the rules. Like, I'm glad it was it worked out the way it should. And I'm always for that. But like, if I was if I was a Cowboys fan, I would have been losing my mind if that happened to the Chiefs.
1: Well, you know, I don't know who saw this. I have to bring this up. This is not from the Chiefs game, from the Bills-Colts game. When the game was still in doubt, it was like early second quarter. I was watching that game because I was just curious. how. That, I had a feeling the Colts would play well, and, and they played a lot better. Than I thought they would. But I'm watching the game, and the Colts, it was like third and two. And they run the ball, and it's right at the marker. Like It looks like he's got a first, but it's really close the officials immediately start signaling first down and just move the chains. But then McDermott on the sideline is going nuts, and rightfully so. It was close enough. It should have been a measurement. But they moved the chains already. They moved the chains back and measured it. Like, how do you know where you were? And, and, and I thought, actually, to be fair to him, uh, Gene Serator, who, who came on CBS Rules analyst, actually did a really good job explaining how it happens, and, and he mentioned there's a mechanism for that. And fair enough. Like, just measure it. Like what are you doing? And then they move. They come back, and it's like, I mean, some of this stuff. And Christian, yes, the red clip. I didn't know it either, Christian. I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, Apparently, they have a clip on the chain that doesn't move. It was very weird. And anyway, you watch this game, and it's like I I just don't know. You you see things. You're like, oh, that's definitely a penalty. Nope, not called. Then there was a few times where Jones and Clark, like, literally, got tackled. And and like no call, just nothing. No call. Like guys just thrown to the ground. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's very. It's like when Tom Bali for the, the ten years. Guys would just get him around the throat. Yeah, and it was like, ah, it's all right. It's like it's a penalty. How are you this yeah. blind? Like I, I get, I have the ability. Tom to replay would be by them. But when yeah, some guys like his him. hand out and he's just and he's getting like pulled back, like <laughs> yeah. he, you know, I mean, it's a penalty. But in any event, look enough of that. By the way, I will say real quick, I thought the play of the game, and we did mention it earlier, and I wanted to give shine to this, even though it's about the defense, we've moved on. Ward's pick at the end of the half yep. changed that entire yep. game. It changed that entire game. They get the turnover. You're sitting there going, ah, 16-3, but if they score, you know, it's a one-score game. And Ward makes a great play, holds on to the ball. I just wanted to mention that because I thought that play, if Dallas scores there, it's a different game. And they got nothing out of it. I thought it was a phenomenal play. And Corey, I see your question. Any word on Fenton? I'll say it again for people who are just joining, uh just joining the old the old chat here. Um he is gonna have an MRI tomorrow on his knee. Andy Reid did not, from what I could tell, and I'm obviously not sitting there at the presser right now, but from what I could see, uh they, they don't know yet the extent. Hopefully it's a sprain or a strain or something. And look, that can happen. I mean that that certainly could be the case. I will say this. On, a, on ACL tears, there's a test that trainers do. They pretty much know right away. So now that doesn't mean they, they would still do the MRI to confirm. Don't get me wrong. But if he has a torn ACL, they probably likely already know it. Um, but, you know, they could very well get in there and take a picture and, hey, look, it's a you know, sprain. He's out two weeks. I mean, that, that's, you know, it's totally, totally possible.
0: Yeah, good timing for the bye week, and 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 I'll right. echo what you said about Ward's interception. Um, but just an incredible play, a difficult play, and and for the Cowboys, and this is obviously unfortunate, and we hope he's okay. But that was also the play that they lost Ceedee Lamb. So you know it's kind of a double whammy yep. for for the Cowboys in the morale standpoint. You don't score the points, you lose your best receiver, or, or you know you can make the argument one A and one B with Cooper. So now you're really now you're really hurting. Things already aren't going well, and then you get this injury that happens um just absolutely incredible. You know, back to the offense. Um how how big of an impact do you think Clyde edwards alaire being back had on this game? I know there wasn't a big flashy run or any of those types of things. Obviously there was the the the, the touchdown, um but but your opinion on on getting CEH back out there.
1: Um I thought that it mattered in their mentality when they ran the ball. And Williams is a tough runner. I'm not saying he's not. I mean, certainly he's downhill, power back. But I thought one thing about CEH that he gives him, he, he has more pop in terms of, you know, a lot of times you feel like he's tackled and he gets an extra two. He gets an extra three. And, and look, you say, well, that you know, how much does that matter? Well, it matters. Like, if it, it could go from second and eight to second and six, that matters. That's a a big deal. I mean, every yard you get is 10% of what you need, right, for a first down. Every 10% matters. Um, I don't think he had an outsized importance on the game, but I think it was clear that he was their best running back on the day, and he gives them that dimension. I thought he ran hard. Um, I still would like to see Williams involved. I think there's plenty of snaps. By the way, McKinnon has a hamstring injury. He needs an MRI. So I I did not see when he got hurt. It must have been on a special teams play. Um, But so, again, as you mentioned, good time to get a bye. But C H he looked good. He looked healthy. Say that. Looked very explosive. And I think for the Chiefs, having him back, it's absolutely positive.
0: I also want to mention on the special teams front, uh, Chris Lamonts. Great, great tackle on one of those kickoffs or returns. I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but showed some really nice speed. Um, it's just like it was one of those games where everything for the most part, not everything, but a a lot of things were going right for the chiefs and you just see guys going out there playing with confidence, making plays. And just like we talked about where we thought that, you know, when things would go wrong, we thought that that was a little bit contagious, that everybody would start to panic a little bit. And then more mistakes started happening. When you have the defense come out and play the way that they were playing, like it just, every, everybody from the players to the crowd, and this is the loudest I've heard arrowhead in a long time. It sounded like a playoff game in there tonight. Um, and, and I think they just felt it. Everybody knew it was a big game. And when you're a fan and you're at the stadium, and the Chiefs fans are always great at Arrowhead and they're always loud. But when they see the team showing out like that and playing with such passion and aggression, it gets you fired up. It does. It does. And you know what? I know the Chiefs are an offensive
1: show and that's what they're known for. And, and, and thankfully so. They have a bunch of all-famous on the side of the ball. Let me tell you something. I grew up in the 90s and a lot of fans there grew up in the 90s. The Chiefs. In my eyes, as great as our offense is, I never get more pumped up than when their defense is kicking ass. That to me, look, football is a physical game. It is, it is a down in the dirt, knuckles, all that, right? And defense, defense is the thing. And by the way, at Cheeto Free, to answer your question, uh, it is Jamal Charles. It is Jamal Charles. Um, so it, it was that game against New Orleans. He came back at the 92 yard run. Um, but listen, to me, that, like, that is what gets everybody so jacked up, is defense. You know, because it's it's just, it's a mentality. It's a physicality. Like, offense, as exciting as it is, it's, it's finesse a lot of times. I mean, unless you're really just ramming the ball on somebody's throat, it's finesse. Defense is, it's just man on man, and you're taking their will. You're dominating them. Like, that, that is something that, I, to this to this fan, anyway, as a kid growing up, always meant the, the most to me. And I, to this day, even when I, you know, I'm covering a game that has nothing to do with the Chiefs, I love watching good defenses. I love it. I love a good 2017 game we are just slugging it out. By the way, uh, speaking of the defense, the Seattle used to have a great one. Now they can't stop anyone. They lost Colt McCoy today. Uh, Pete Carroll walked off his presser as just saying, "Quote: I'm really done. I'm done." So. Things going well in Seattle at 3-7. and seven. And I'll tell you one thing. I've talked to multiple people in the league who believe that at the end of this year, uh, there's going to be a seismic change in Seattle. And I'm not talking about Cal. I'm talking about Wilson. There are people who think that, that is, that's coming to a head. Uh, but that's for another podcast. That's for the Sack in the Box podcast. Which, by the way, go check it out. Yeah. So wait, Subscribe. Uh, I talked to Carm on that one. And there's, there's F-bombs there, too. Um, yeah.
0: You know, John always uh, do it. He's that gift right now. The guy running down the escalator here yeah. and Russell Wilson could be available. I wish these teams, you know, that are in the NFC, like, get your act together. Keep your good quarterbacks. Keep them out of the AFC West. We don't want we don't want, you know, these Peyton Peyton Manning come into the AFC West and, and Russell Wilson coming over. Get it together. Stop running your good quarterbacks out of town. Right. So then they get in the way of the chiefs. You know, um, except for Brady going to the NFC, that was okay. That was all right with me.
1: Oh, Um, actually, it turned out it maybe wasn't okay. Maybe
0: we should have just kept him where he was. (laughs) The team was, yeah, you know, the the team was definitely not as good. Um, So on offense, I I saw some questions about this in the chat. And if you guys could give us that thumbs up over on the YouTube, we'd appreciate that. really helps more people get in here and enjoy the show. Um, So the second wide receiver spot is just like it will always be (laughs) <laughs> the, the the question, especially yeah. when the offense doesn't play well, um, you know the, the guys who you needed to show up showed up today. Edwards Alaire, uh, Tyree Kill was sensational. Travis Kelsey, with, with the exception of the the drop that led to the interception, uh, good again. Um, we saw one catch from Josh Gordon and a drop from Josh Gordon, but a nice big a gain for Byron Pringle. A couple a, a, a drop from Harbin, a couple good plays from Harbin. That's just who he is, apparently. Do you think all those guys add up, what you're getting from Gordon right now? You get a a play here and there for Pringle. You get a play from from Hardman. Do you think those guys add up to, like, a a solid second receiver between the three of them?
1: No. I mean, look, I I think this. I think Hardman gets a lot of crap because he was a second-round pick, and so it's like, well, he should be more than he is. And he got drafted right for Metcalf. and There's a lot of factors. If he's your third option in the passing game, like, he's a good player. He's not great. I totally understand wanting to upgrade. By the way, the Chiefs wanted to upgrade. They tried to sign Juju Smith, Schuster in the offseason. season. Okay, like they they tried to. They tried to sign Odell Beckham. Like Kansas City also believes they should upgrade. But I I do believe that can you win a Super Bowl with McCole Hardman as your third option? Yeah, you can. Like, do you know how many teams will laugh their asses off seeing Chief fans be like, "Geez, I don't know if they got enough offensive weaponry." I don't. know. I mean, come on, like. Hill is a, like, I was arguing this with somebody the other day on Twitter, and I, I can't believe it's even an argument. Tyreek Hill, take this stuff off the field aside, because that's what the Pro Football Hall of Fame is asked to do. Okay. It's just on the field stuff. And, and that is different, by the way. Uh, that is different than the baseball Hall of Fame where they, they take all that stuff into account, supposedly. Tyreek Hill is a first ballot Hall of Famer at the rate he's going. Like he's not bought on. It. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer at the rate that he's going. He yeah. has never not been a first team all pro in his career. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Never been, never not been a pro bowler. He's a three time first team all pro. Yeah. I mean, and and he's going to be, he could miss the rest of the year. He'd be a pro bowler this year. He's going to probably be an all pro again. I mean, this is a guy. Kelsey could retire tonight and walk into Canton.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And by the way, guys, enough with the stuff that Kelsey looks burned out. Come on. The guy, against the Raiders, he had like 150 yards. He's fine. He he dropped a few balls. It was a bad game for him. Jeez. Um, They, They have guys on this team that would walk into camp tomorrow. Like they're okay. If Hardman's your third option, Ceh and Williams splitting carries, offensive line, you're fine. That that offense is more than enough.
0: Yeah, Ceh is the big key there, I think, because if if, if, and with the play calling, if Andy and Eric Bieniemy would run the damn ball, especially when you're when your defense is playing like that and you're winning the football game run the damn ball. The guys get, he's averaging five yards a carry or whatever, give him the ball. And I think that that's, that's what you're going to be able to hurt teams with when they try to take away Kelsey and Hill. But Tyreek Hill, can I just say, first of all, I want to say hats off. We're, we're giving them a little bit of, 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 trouble for the play calling, but they found ways to get the ball to Tyreek. That aren't these huge, huge plays down the field all the time, which is smart and, and uh, a testament to how good of play callers they are in general. Um, but I've just never in a league full of some of the most athletic people on the planet. And over the years, I, I don't, can you think of a single player who in, in a, in a small area of space is more dangerous than Tyree kill that play where he caught the ball and, and the defender on Dallas was like, do I go left or go right? Just a second hesitation. And the next thing he knows, Tyree kills 10 yards away from him. And now as we got Maisie uh, coming into... Maisie has entered the chat. Look at that grin. Look at that grin. Can you say go Chiefs, Maisie? Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Yes. All absolutely.
1: Right. Now it's little has to go bedtime, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love you. She <laughs> comes
0: for the victory for you. Good, Good night, night. Maisie. Um, yes. <laughs> but but seriously, Tyree Kill, man. Um, uh, absolutely just dynamic. And actually, we've got the uh the editor of Arrowhead Addict our co-host on this podcast he's done with his writing it's Matt Connor Matt Connor welcome to the party pal i have the exact same columbia fleece by the way oh Just two high fashion guys making high fashion choices. Um, (laughs) uh, Talk to us about your your impressions of the game. We've been, you know, we've we've hit the the defense and the offense, but your overall, your big picture, how are you feeling?
3: If you have not talked special teams, uh, what's going on? I mean, yeah, I, I just couldn't be more thrilled to see the way these units have played. Um. I mean, even let's say this, Marcus Kemp goes on the COVID reserve list this week, right? And then, uh, Doris Fountain shows up is the is like, like plays Gunner, makes a great tackle there at the end of the game. The, the, uh, you know, it's, it's the fake field goal attempt by Butker. It's the 53 yarder by Butker. Byron Pringle broke like the longest return of the season, then broke that record again. Like, I mean, they're not getting like the touchdowns that we're used to seeing with like like Dante Hall-esque or even like Tyreek Hill or something. But what we're seeing for the most part are mistake-free. I mean, yes, we missed an extra point uh this week. There was another 50-plus-yard field yeah. goal that Butker missed. Honestly, we should have went for fourth down on that one. I don't, I don't know why we're just kicking a 51 yard goalie. Totally totally you know, yeah. whatever. But, but what I love here is that Dave Tobes units are coming together really well. We're not seeing sloppy penalties on coverage units. We're not seeing block in the back. I mean, these guys are, these guys are well coached. They know what they're doing. Uh, you know, these are the glue guys, the, the guys that don't get their due, they're never in the headlines. There's nothing in the stat sheet, but they're giving the the Chiefs decent field position. They're making up for offensive mistakes on, uh, you know, with field goals. So yeah, I mean, if you've talked offense and, and defense and not special teams, I, I just, I love good special teams play. It usually separates yeah. the, the, the great from the good. And, um, and they're going to, it's going to come in handy in the postseason. That's for sure.
0: And if you noticed every time the Chiefs punted and they did that view from behind Tommy Townsend, there was a guy from Dallas like, w- like waiting right for that. the fake. Right. Yeah, and that yeah. just helps the Chiefs coverage team, right? Yeah. So you, they they they're they're afraid of Tommy Gunn back there, man. They don't want to get burned. Um, all right, let's get into <laughs> let's get into earning their arrowheads. Our players of the game. Time to give out some more hardware. We've already given out. You missed it, Matt. But we gave Chris Jones the Derek Thomas Award for quarterback terrorization. I don't know if terrorization is a word, but it is now. It is um, now. <laughs> so earning their arrowheads, uh, we'll start with you, Matt Connor. Uh, who are some players that get an arrowhead from you for today's performance?
3: Man, I love seeing uh, Clyde. Clyde did such a great job. You guys already talked about that. I don't need to go back over that, but it was great to see him. And I think the way he elevates the ceiling of the backfield and what they can do there. um, Yeah, I love seeing that. Uh, Reed had a great game. He's not going to get the limelight when guys like Clark and Jones are up front. But I don't know. I guess I'm all about the glue guys tonight. I am the you know the underdog here I am coming in late here and I'm just wanting a little bit of playing time. And I guess I love those kind of guys for the chiefs as well. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm handing out stuff there, by the way, is Nick Bolton, not nearly as one dimensional as we thought he was after like week four, the script has changed in a a big, big way. The
0: guy can play. The guy can play. Vertoran, who gets arrowheads from you?
1: For me, it's easy. Uh, Jerry Snead had a great game, a great game everywhere passes fenced yes. blitzing tackling cover I mean, he was just everywhere um i was so impressed on that one play where they hit Gallup for about 20 yards and sneed came flying in and hit him hard and broke it up if you watch that play sneed is in a shallow zone his job is to make sure the back doesn't come out and he realizes nope nobody's coming and he just turns and starts running down the field and makes a – I I mean, that is above and beyond. He is, he was not supposed to be in that zone where he made that tackle. If you go back and watch that play, anybody who watches all the way to go and look at that play. He was supposed to be in a short zone watching for Zeke or Pollard and he sprints 20 yards downfield and makes a huge play to knock the ball away. So he gets one of them for me. Cerverius Ward for his interception, uh, alone. And he has some other nice plays with that one gets one for me. And I thought on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I know he didn't have a huge game. Mahomes gets one from the from the standpoint there was nothing forced. They played the way he should have. Now they they short circuited with drops and penalties, and the pick was not on him. The pick was on Kelsey. Um, I thought he did a really nice job. It wasn't one of those games like last week where you're like, oh my god, 400 yards. But it was mm-hmm. it was a quality, smart, well played game. Recognizing, hey, I don't need to throw for 400 yards today. Don't make the big mistake. It wasn't perfect. I, the fumble, I put a little on him. You got a better security there, but I thought he'd still overall played a good game for the Chiefs.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give mine to Chris Jones and, by extension, just the entire defensive line. Uh, just in control from the start, made things easy on the secondary, slowed down a really – I mean, just the Dallas couldn't do anything. They couldn't run it. They couldn't throw it. You know, I was wondering a little bit, with the defensive performance in the last few weeks, they hadn't played the, the scariest quarterbacks or the scariest offenses. Uh, or, you know, when they played the Raiders last week, a little one-dimensional, right? Take away Darren Waller and, and, and let things fall where they may. But in this game, there were a lot of weapons for the Chiefs to account for. They did a really great job. Um, I actually saw this tweet from a guy on, uh, on Twitter, Gary McKenzie. The Chiefs defense, listen to this, has given up 14 and a half points per game over their last six games. And 10 points per game over their last three. They keep playing like that, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what you throw at them. That is absolutely incredible. And so I think another arrowhead's got to go to Steve Spagnolo. Took a lot of heat earlier in the season, made some questionable personnel decisions. I mean, he deserves some of that heat. But inverter him, you kept saying it over and over again on the show. Steve Spagnolo is not going to get fired. Steve Spagnolo is a good defensive coordinator. He knows what he's doing. And I think you see that. You see steady leadership here. It's a long game that they're playing. They got it together. And now, as of right now, they look like one of the best units, defensive units in the NFL. Things can change, but to go from worst to one of the best is, is incredible in the amount of games that they've played.
1: No doubt. No doubt. My father also texted me. He liked it, the world to know that his arrowhead uh, goes to uh, Mike McCarthy, who does not understand calling timeouts late in the game um, as, as he just let the clock tick down at a three. So my father, very thankful for Mike McCarthy on their side. Um, also, and it was thrown in here by uh, US, USAT Chiefs fan. Uh, it was brought up in the chat earlier, and he's 100% right. Willie Gage deserves one as well. Willie Gay was spectacular. Mm-hmm. So. Really, let's, let's let's be honest. I mean, geez, you could go into the whole damn defense. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was a great effort all the way around. It's just right now, and you can see it. We've been talking about it here. Now like, it's coming together defensively, big yep. time. Like they are flying to the ball. They're they're breaking up passes, they're getting their hands on passes, they're getting pressure. And, and let's let's all say it. it starts up front. You get pressure, everything else gets easier. Everything else gets easier. They're getting a lot of pressure. And with that pressure, they're causing all kinds of problems. Prescott had very little time to throw the ball. And same was true with Carl last week.
3: Yeah. Let me add this. Remember in the offseason, one of the stories was that the Chiefs didn't lose anyone in terms of like coaching continuity and whatnot, right? So what we get back is a very seasoned staff who knows their players and And the mantra held down credit to coach Reed. And then that trickles down to the rest of his staff. These are veteran guys. They've been there before. They know the season is long. These guys deserve a hell of a lot of credit for like, they kept saying things that sounded like coach speak in their conferences. We know what to fix. Remember what they said. We know what to fix. We trust the guys to do it. We have the leaders in the locker room to make it happen. And at the time, we're like, you got to do something. You got to change something. You got to whatever. And they did make some adjustments. I mean, you got to get Sorensen off the field and put Thornhill in. Got to do it. You got to play some of the young guys. And, And they've done some of that. But some of us, like myself, like I need to eat some crow, offer up an apology and say their main prescription of patience as a way to course correct this defense has proven true in a lot of ways and alongside their adjustments they've allowed these guys to continue just to grow learn and continue to get the reps and do their thing and we've seen everything slowly shift in a in a very healthy way for this defense without like seismic changes i mean they added melvin ingram you know whatever i mean there's not there's not been a lack of moves but there's also not been like the seismic shift that we thought there would be They've let the young guys grow. They've let the veterans adjust. And we're seeing the benefit of having a patient and experienced coaching staff.
0: Yeah, the talent has always been there. We knew that. Um, all right, I want to move on to the playoff picture in the AFC. I've got a couple doozies here for you guys. The As we're sitting here right now, the team that has had the uh, – uh, make sure I'm reading this right. The team that has had the hardest strength of schedule – in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs at 571. The team, as we sit here right now, that has the highest strength of victory in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs at 528. My mind is absolutely blown by this, but it's true. It's the Chiefs at 528, and then the in Vegas at 520. Um, I, I can't believe that I'm saying that. We're sitting here after the last few weeks, but it's true. The Kansas City Chiefs are now the four seed in the AFC playoffs um, behind the Titans, the Ravens, and the Patriots. The seven seed clinging to a playoff spot, the Buffalo Bills. What's what, Erdogan, What do you think about all this? This is mad. I, I
1: don't give a shit about any of that remaining schedule <laughs> stuff. I never have and I never will. That's so misleading. Like, there's there's not a game on their schedule that you're like, yeah, probably gonna lose that game. I mean, who, the, the hardest game would be at the Chargers, right? I think we could all agree on that. Like, at the Bengals, not easy. But I also think, look, if the Chiefs play defense like this, they should win that game. Like, let, let's just be honest. They get Denver twice, the Raiders and the Steelers at home. Those four games should be win, 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 win. Now they got to do it. We just saw the Titans get boat raced at home by Houston. Okay, the NFL is a week to week league, but I got to tell you, this defense plays like this, and they're healthy. Good night. I don't care who they're playing, and I don't care where they're playing. And I'll go a step further. If I was, if I was Baltimore, who who, give them credit for winning that game? That game was a shit show in Chicago. But um, Baltimore's remaining schedule: Cleveland twice, Pittsburgh twice, Cincinnati, the Rams, the Packers. Good luck, guys. Uh, you know the, the Bills have the Pats twice. They play at Tampa. They play in New Orleans on Thanksgiving. The, the Pats have the Colts. They have the Titans. They have the Bills twice. I don't care how that all averages out because the Bills will get lucky because you know they have the game against the Jets and that'll drag down the strength of schedule. Those schedules are harder than what Kansas City's playing. Let's be honest. Like I don't care. That's why that strength of schedule stuff such bullshit because one ridiculous game, one way or the other. It's so skewing to a four or five or six game sample size. Kansas City schedule's easier than these other things. I gotta tell you, if I was Buffalo or Baltimore or Tennessee, after watching the Chiefs the last couple of weeks, I'd go to the nearest church, I'd light every damn candle they've got. <laughs> every one of them. I'd light them all. I might even go to surrounding neighborhoods and find all the churches. Right. I, I if Kansas City is playing like that, light every fucking candle in town. Because defensively That was the big issue early. They can't stop it. it. I have have no fear of the Chiefs offense struggling in a playoff game. I don't. I don't. Because they'll call all their best stuff. They'll be laser focused. Now, could they play a, a bad game, turnovers drop? Yeah, it happens. And that would be the concern. But I'm not worried about, oh, can they score 30? Yeah, of course they can. So that defense has got me feeling really good, really good. About about the uh, the prospects of this team,
3: man. Yeah, Matt Connor. Hashtag all the churches. I love it. We Hashtag just need all the we need to make that a, a thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, who, who are you going to be afraid of? I mean, honestly, I mean, even uh, I credit to the Tennessee Titans for holding some things together. But uh, I mean, honestly, when when Derrick Henry went down, I I just didn't even care who else they beat. Uh, you know, that's over for me. We've seen this happen on on both sides. Titans have lost, you know, a couple crazy games now anyway. Um, So, yeah, you know, like we said in the beginning of the season coming into the year, look, if the Chiefs do what we know they can do, doesn't matter. I mean, they were talking 20 and 0 for a reason. Now, you could say that's outrageous, but the reality is, if any team could do that talking, it was the Chiefs. So, you know, hey, it took if it took them 10 games. To come around to performing the way they can, they're still the same team who could talk that twenty and 0 swagger, and uh, and now they've got some grit. Like now they've got some humility combined with that ability. Uh, I like it. I like where they're at. What I love is the bye week now. Yes. Yeah, and sure, what yeah. it's going to give them going forward. Uh, you know, we were talking like if they go three and one and then the bye, they're in good position. Well, they're in great position now.
1: Listen, I just want to add real quick too. Okay, we always try to to give honest analysis. Try to keep it, try to keep it real. Right? And God knows, sometimes, especially me, I can be very emotional in my analysis. But I always try to give what I honestly believe. Right now, they are the best team in the AFC. Period. I don't care that they're game back at Tennessee. Like I got. If the Chiefs played the Titans again right now, they would earhole the Titans. They would earhole them. All yeah. the, the injuries the Titans have, the way the Chiefs are playing, the whole that game wouldn't even be a contest right now, wouldn't be. And that goes to show, by the way, and I'm also I want to point out one other thing. This is why, and we live in this day and age where ESPN and NFL Network, but especially ESPN and Fox Sports, they get off these ridiculous takes every five minutes because people react to them, right? Oh, Mahomes is broken. Oh, no, he's not. He's fine. But Josh Allen's broken now. Oh, Mac Jones, he's the best damn quarterback we've ever seen. Right? <laughs> it's all this shit because they can tweet out this stuff and get people like you, me, and your and, and your uncle pissed off, and it turns into a whole thing, and they get engagement, and they get advertisers and all that, right? Here's the reality. When people talk about who's the best team in football after five weeks, who the hell cares? The Bills were yeah. the best team in football, and guess what? The Bills, after beating the Chiefs, have a worse record than Kansas City now. And not because they had a bunch of injuries, not because they had a real tough schedule. They lost to the Colts at home by 30. They lost to Jacksonville. Like, maybe they're just not as good as Kansas City. And the Chiefs were going through it earlier in the year. But again, you know what? And by the way, it's the same was true last year with the Bucs. Seven and five. Everybody and their mother's like, no way Tom Brady could win a playoff game. Like, it's, it's just dumb crap. Like, that, that's that- not... That's not a way to look at the league. Yeah. What matters now and going forward is what happens now and going forward. Like what happens in September. Do you remember when Carolina and yeah. Denver were 3 0? That was cute. Like <laughs> yep. it doesn't matter. People in the league yeah. will tell you, and I have this conversation every time I go to Indy and every time I go to Mobile, nothing matters as far as who's going to win the Super Bowl other than a crushing injury until Thanksgiving. That is when teams in the NFL. Figure out what they have, what they don't have, how they're going to tailor their plans. They've usually got the buy at that point, either at at that point or behind them. Like that's how teams look at the league and that's how they look at their schedule. I guarantee you, no one in the NFL gives a shit who's at the top of the power rankings on October 8th. Nobody. (laughs) It doesn't matter. And we went through all this crap. And here are the Chiefs, maybe not on top of the standings technically at seven and four, certainly leading the division. Nobody nobody would be favored home or away against them in the AFC playoffs right now.
3: But why it's, would it's, you stop with the AFC? I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the NFC and just going, yeah, sorry. I'm buying it. I'm buying the Chiefs all the way. Yeah. It's totally
1: fair. I mean, I, yeah, on. fair I, only, I only point out the AFC because to me, you have to be one team in the NFC. And I don't, I don't care like from a Chiefs perspective. Or you better than the Packers, you're better than the Bucks? You can make a case she's the best team in football. Like, would I take them to beat the Rams or the Cardinals or the Cowboys? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think I think the only teams that, to me, would be interesting are Green Bay and Tampa. Because Tampa can throw the ball. But I got to tell you, the way that she's defense is playing right now, and Tampa can't stop anybody. So, you know, but, but Brady's there. That looming specter of, like, you've got to <laughs> deal with him, right? That matters. And Green Bay, I think, has played well defensively today, losing to Minnesota. Like, right now, if you said to me, bet your life, yeah, I would take Kansas City. B- not because of their offense, which should tell you all you need to know mm-hmm. about where they are right now.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really amazing. that. And look, it's still going to be an uphill climb for the Chiefs to, to get the one seed in the AFC um, just because of who they lost to. And they, they don't have a very good AFC record right now. So that they're, they're not in good shape for tiebreakers. So if they're going to win the AFC, they've got to win it outright. But as we've already pointed out, when you're looking at the schedule, the way they're playing, and what's, what's really exciting for me, and you pointed it out too, Matt Connor, they're going into the bye week. Now Andy gets to sit down for, for a week. He gets to plan. He gets to plot. He gets to review the film. He gets to plan for the second half of the season. He knows who his opponents are coming up. A lot of division games coming up and he gets to get all ready for that. But the chiefs are, they're an ascending team. There are very few ascending teams in the NFL right now. You you have to make the argument that the, that the Patriots who I'm not particularly scared of, but they're an ascending team. They're starting to play better and the chiefs and everybody else is kind of like, Oh yeah, we got a big win. And then we lose to the Falcons or we got a big win. And then we lose to the Texans, you know? So I think that um, that's really exciting. And when you look at the schedule, yeah, could they could they win? Could they lose only one more game the rest of the season? Yeah, could they run the table? Absolutely, with their defense playing like this. Because the offense, I think, is still not in top gear yet. They're still in like second gear. They're figuring out now. They got Clyde back. They get a. They get how can we work in this Josh Gordon guy? That's more things that Andy can do and be a little mad scientist in the, in the bye week. Uh, and and they're here. They are sitting atop the AFC West. No matter what happens. In this Sunday night football game, the Chiefs will still be in first place in the AFC West. Absolutely incredible.
1: By the way, they, uh, they keep playing defense like this. D- Denver's in for a rough day in two weeks. Uh, Here's the Denver crazy won't crack 10 points. The,
3: uh, the defense, like we see it today and we're like, oh, wow, it's great. I just don't think they're getting, I don't think they're done getting better. I just yeah. don't. Like every week, this line looks better than the week before. Because Jaron Reed looks that much more comfortable in what Spags wants him to do, right? Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, they're both absolutely still growing into their roles and and are looking the part. And man, I'm telling you, week after week, I tweeted this earlier tonight, and it sounds like hyperbole. But Legereus Sneed is one of the single best defensive backs I've ever seen in red and gold. And I've been watching the Chiefs since Christian Okoye took my attention in 1987. So it's the way he plays the instinctual versatile way he plays he's an all-timer so i'm just looking at parts of this defense going hey these guys are still going to be that much better at season's end if they stay healthy i i think this defense is the best is yet to come which is scary as hell for the rest of the nfl yeah Sneed is like he's
0: got he's got linebacker in him I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible to have a quarterback that can do that many things to help your defense win. It's a huge game changer. And he's 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 growing more confident. Remember, like he's still a really young guy. Bolton's a rookie. Like they have a lot of young pieces on this team that are starting to come into their own. And that is is very exciting and and very scary for the rest of the NFL. Um, I think we're at the uh, we're at the end of the outline guys um before b- b- yeah before we get out of here um we're going into the bye week it's Thanksgiving um what do you what are you most thankful for for the chief season so far let's 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 leave on a, a nice positive and, and thankful note uh Matt Connor lead us on. uh
3: you know I'm actually glad for the grit from the early season it makes for a great storyline. It's like I'm watching She's All That, and we went through the part where everyone was calling her a nerd, and now she's beautiful, (laughs) right? She She took took the glasses off. She did. She took the glasses off, let the hair down. Uh, This is a great story of a season. It just is. We don't know how it's going to end, but if it ends the way we hope, we're going to look back and go, boy, that was a fun ride. And that had all the emotions, kept us from the beginning. Yeah. Matt Verterham, what are you thankful
2: for?
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, my flippant answer is I'm thankful the season's more than seven games long um, <laughs> because that would have been a shame. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful that the organization doesn't panic. Like, there are a lot of teams and a lot of franchises, and believe me, my job is to talk to them. I, I mean, th- there's different levels of organizations in the NFL and different ways to handle things. And some of these organizations, it would have been like scorched earth early in the season. And there are times and I'll throw myself in there. Like, it, it's frustrating as hell because you're sitting there and you're like, what? Like, I don't understand. Like, like with Sorensen early in the year, right? Like, why won't they pull him? Why? Now, we all, I think, agree they should have done something earlier with him, but it speaks to a larger point, And it's why they're good, it's why they're great because they believe in themselves, they believe in their personnel. Now, that does lead sometimes to, okay, look, maybe you make a mistake a week or two longer and you should have. But they didn't want to give up on certain guys. They just felt like, okay, look, let's see what happens. But it wasn't a wholesale-scale panic. It was like, all right, look, we're going to go back to what we know. We're going to kick Jones inside. We're going to hope Clark gets a little bit healthier and better here. We're going to go out Ingram for a sixth-round pick. It wasn't anything seismic. It was just a little move here, an adjustment there. And now all that together was a seismic change. But it wasn't like one big... We're benching so-and-so, and that's the end of this. And, you know, big-name guy. It was, all right, you know what? We're going to put Thornhill out there. We're going to play our younger linebackers. We're going to keep Jones back inside. And it was just they stayed with it. Like And that, to me, so many teams have two bad weeks, and it's just absolute five-alarm fire time. Like, they didn't do that. They held the room together. They could have splintered. They didn't. And now I sit here tonight. They're 7-4, and and I wouldn't pick anybody over them. I wouldn't. And it's not because they have a great offense. It's because of their defense. And by the way, the year they won the Super Bowl, it's the same damn reason I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl that year. Because coming down the stretch, nobody could score. And it's the reason they won the Super Bowl. Everybody talks about all these unanswered points in those playoff games. You don't have unanswered points if you're giving up points. Like, they won because their defense was lights out down the stretch, and I see it happening again with this group.
0: Yeah, get hot at the right time, and the Chiefs are definitely getting hot at the right time. I'm thankful for Andy Reid. And it really, this just plays off what the two of you just said, but that steady leadership, that no panic mode, look around the NFL. Teams crumble at the first sign. Things start going wrong, and if you have the wrong leader, forget it. It's over. These guys, they start making golf plans. Well, whatever. Who cares? We suck. You know, and, uh, you, you know, you got Mike McCarthy over there. and They come out at halftime and he's like and she's like, what, what was the problem? And He was like, oh, well, you know, it was the noise and also the wind. And then he's complaining about not getting an intentional grounding call. And it's like you're panicking. Andy Reid's just not that guy. And it's reflected in his team. His team did not panic. And now they're at first place in the AFC West. They're a game and a half out of first place in the conference and they have a chance to achieve all their goals. And that is definitely something to be thankful for. And I'll last, I'm going to leave us with this. You know, Verter M. and i be been doing this podcast for a little over a year now. Uh, Matt Connor coming up on a year. I'm thankful for all of you out there. The the 300 of you watching this podcast right now, man, I'll tell you what, like we all work really hard. I know you all do too. And I hope that when you check into this podcast, um all season long and in the off season it, it, you know you're able to leave some of that stress and some of that bullshit behind you and just uh, have fun think about football think about something that you enjoy because i know that that's what i get out of doing this podcast um and and now we, we we get to be on youtube and that's been really awesome and the fact that you guys show up for our halftime show and to hear us after the game um is so cool and and the fact that when things are really dark earlier this year like the chiefs are playing really badly like this made it like not so bad came here. We had some fun. I got to dump some beers on myself. You know, um, we got through it together. And I think that's what, that's what, uh, that's what, that's what good fandoms do. You know, we're all in this together. And I just want to say, thank you. Um, You're so kind and generous with your words, with your reviews on Apple Podcasts, the the folks you listen to in Audio Land, folks out on YouTube. We're not going anywhere. We're just getting getting started, actually. We're going to ramp this thing up. We're going to keep doing more, keep trying to find more ways to engage with you guys, bring you good Chiefs talking, analysis, and fun. Um, So appreciate all your kind words.
1: All perfectly said. Um, Concur completely. It's so much fun having a chat with 300 friends after a game. and, you know, I, I, I mean this, genuinely. Like, it's such a knowledgeable fan base. And, yeah, look, like for me personally, you know, I, I cover the league. That's my job, you know. But I'm always going to care about the Chiefs to a larger degree. I always am. Like, I, I don't understand these people who come in and, like, you know they got into this business rooting for a team and having an interest, and then they just pretend like, no, I don't care anymore. No, fuck that. I do care. Like, I grew <laughs> up a Chiefs fan. I'll never report and have it slanted because that's not right. That would be a, a journalistic no-no. no no but you're damn right I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Like, yeah, I am. I'm th- th- that team's the reason I'm in this business. I want to cover football because I love watching the Chiefs. So, you know, I-, I am so grateful to have so many people who are just as passionate about the Chiefs and passionate about football and smart about football. I can add to it. It's, it's really, um, it's wonderful. And next week we're going to have a Tuesday show that, uh, we're going to be looking at. Is it, is, it, is it Tuesday? I'm, i I don't want to get my days mixed up here. Yeah,
0: I think I think that's gonna be yeah, we're we're trying you know, to out. It it's not Thursday because Thanksgiving.
1: It's Tuesday, yeah, right? It's a wonky
0: schedule. Yeah, so yeah. We're
1: doing we're doing uh a Tuesday podcast. We're we're gonna have uh ninety nine percent sure we're gonna nail it down, a buddy, a good friend, uh, Jeff Schwartz is gonna be joining us on the podcast to talk all things chiefs. Um we'll see if his brother joins him. I'm I'm still working on that one. But Uh, Jeff has told me he's down. He's uh, happy to talk Chiefs. And if if you follow him on Twitter, you know that he does that all the time anyway. So uh, that'll be fun to break down what has been a weird first 11 games, but all of a sudden a really satisfying first 11 games.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we're going to let you get to Sunday night football. Um, but like Matt said, we're going to have some content for you next week. We're not going to leave you hanging on the bye. So keep uh, keep your eyes on Arrowhead Addict and our Twitter feeds for the news. He's at, at Matt Connor AA. He is at Matt Verderam. I'm at our Patrick Allen. The Kansas State Chiefs are in first place alone atop the AFC West, and Super Bowl dreams are back on the table. We hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you soon. But as always, go Chiefs.
2: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Nice buns.
3: Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread. The delicious, ultra-low net carb bread.